Uh, welcome to Conversation with Agility by Nature, and today's conversation is with Erin Davis, who is one of our great community practitioners. Um, morning, Erin. How are you? I'm good. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm getting a bit stir crazy because obviously we're not doing this in the fabulous uh, Soho climbs that I'd like to do these conversations, but uh, we're working from home and we're doing very well. Very, it's 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 almost nice to be able to do these things from the comfort of of the kitchen next to the kettle. So <laughs> <laughs> now we we've got a couple of things in common. So we both know Sam Larson. It was lovely Sam Larson from Tide, where you were Tide, um, who introduced us. But I was sniffing around in the CV, and you know, you and I both started with law degrees. And how the heck do you get from a law degree <laughs> to super powered agile coach today? Oh, this is my favorite story. <laughs> so everybody, everybody I speak to, particularly women in tech, you ask them how they got into technology and they always go, oh, it was a complete, complete fluke. Um, and they tell this story that does not sound like a fluke at all. Mine is an accident, oh. like an actual legitimate accident. So I... Nobody um, was hurt in the making degree. of this story, were they? Oh, it's amazing. No, no, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I did my law degree and I was convinced from about the age of like six that I was going to be a lawyer and I was uh -huh. convinced and convinced and convinced and convinced. Um, and I did a, a job at my students' union where you take a year after the end of your degree before you go into the real world and you work there for a year. And I was applying for law jobs and I wasn't getting any of them. <laughs> um, so then I started panic applying to grad schemes at companies that I liked the ethos for. <laughs> John Lewis popped up and I'm like, oh, John Lewis, great. Like, yeah. shared ownership, or like all that sort of jazz. They really look after their people. All the partners. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's everyone's a partner. Um, so I applied for this really nebulous looking grad scheme that didn't have a huge amount of description on it and did all of the interviews. And the process they go through is a lot of how would you handle these situations in a leadership yeah. role and team yeah. leadership and stuff like that. And then I go in for the final interview and I sit down, there's like three or four of us there. And the HR girl comes in and goes, oh, so congratulations for getting to the final round of the IT graduate scheme interview process. And in the back of my head was like, oh God, it's IT. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was the day where they were starting to ask us about like what we thought about technology and future technology and trends. Oh. So thankfully, of the ten of us they hired, only one person had a computer science background. They just wanted people they could train up yeah. and, and yeah. stuff. But mine was an actual legitimate accident. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. Mind you, I think um, graduate schemes are becoming much more broad in terms of who they're inviting in. So it's not just the um, computer scientists, but you know, the physicists, mathematicians, geography students. Yeah. So there do seem to be much broader um, ranges of people coming in. It's really interesting because what I'm finding now is the people who find it easier to get for example, training contracts mm. at law firms or anyone who's come out with a STEM degree. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Because the growing trends there are people who need to understand not just the law and do the conversion, but yeah. understand how yeah. pharmaceutical companies work or mm. how technology works because of IP things. So, so law firms are looking for that. And then you've got IT departments going, God, we need people with people skills. Or we need people who, who aren't just like technology-minded and can understand the wider world and stuff. So it's done a complete... It's not a complete flip. Um, that is interesting, yeah, isn't it? It is. It's really interesting. And I think a good 
graduates game does what mine did and i did a little bit of everything yeah um, yeah so i did a bit of product management a bit of business analysis and somebody tried to teach me to code and that was the worst idea they've ever had <laughs> um, um so, so you try a bit of everything before you specialize in yeah it. So, yeah. and of course, um, yeah, we, we mentioned Tide earlier, uh, one of mm-hmm. the uh, famous fintech uh, banks and brigade uh, that we're all seeing very much of. How did you find working there? Because that's, that seems to me quite high, hardcore technology uh, in play there. So as a graduate with your lovely training, um, not a coder, <laughs> but yeah. I, get the, I get the feeling that people who work at Tide are going to be pretty codey. No, there's there's a real um, emphasis on having um, a strong agile um, mm. presence there. Uh, so so they have they're going through a really interesting point right now because they last year um, got uh, the banking competition remedies grant yep. yeah. to you know the thing the government set up after the whole RBS thing. Um, so they've partnered with like ClearBank and they're growing massively. Yeah. So they do need yeah. really strong agile practitioners who can take, like help them through that, that growth period as well. Um, cause there's no point in having a bunch of really strong developers if they don't know how to work together. Correct. And if you've got six who are all working together at the same time, that's fine. But when you've got, I think they're, they're hitting quite high numbers now in their, their development side they don't they won't necessarily have those connections naturally and you need people who can help um help grow that further yeah that's interesting um, because i've heard some people say that the need for agile coaches and that whole gig is decaying because actually the the millennials are naturally innately agile they don't really need any help or encouragement but that would suggest people in fintech are a lot older than i realize or perhaps <laughs> perhaps people do need a bit of help Yes and no. I think everyone needs needs someone to sort of poke and prod and ask ask questions. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, like, agile. The the irony of the whole thing is, I think agile coaches are the worst people to be agile in themselves. <laughs> so, if you have a team of agile coaches, you'll find that we are usually also keen to make sure that everyone is has had an opportunity to contribute and mm. give their value mm. their, that we actually get very little done as a team right. <laughs> because, so so there's an element where the agile coaches need an agile coach um <laughs> but the whole point of of a agile coaching job um is to go into a team and just help them find improvements yeah because i think people see this in their day-to-day lives I, you bumble through your own daily routine and it's not until somebody goes, have you ever thought about, you know, not going to bed at one in the morning might help, but <laughs> it, it, you know it, but having someone say it to you really helps you to yeah, figure yeah. out your improvements. It's the same concept. So, so thinking about, I mean, you talked about scaling, I mean, you know, what's the key challenges for you, do you think, or for, for any coach trying to, to work with scale? rather than one team of seven people, which I think most of us can cope with. When you've got 700 people, things get interesting. There's a, there's a couple of different angles. There's the, there's the technology side yeah. of things. So where I am now um, is uh, a DevOps, DevOps house. And, and then what we do with our clients is a lot of um, like cloud-based stuff. Yeah. And I think a lot of organizations assume that as soon as you put something in the cloud, it's going to fix your scaling issues. Yeah. It is not. Yeah. Um, it's... But there is an element of that. So does your technology support having multiple teams working on small chunks and delivering to the same end platform? Yeah. So then you've got to start thinking about like how you do all your testing and how, how you make sure that all of your different branches code merge. So there's, there's that side of things. Yeah. On the people side of things, it is just 
it's a sheer communication piece. And there's a great little diagram that shows it. Like if you draw a triangle and draw all the lines between the dots, and then you've got a dot made out of squares and draw all the lines. As soon as you get up to six people, those lines get insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of those lines of communication is where it gets really confusing. Yeah. Um, and there's so many different methods of scaling Agile as well, because you've got Scrum at scale, you've got the Scaled Agile framework, you've got less. Like, There's so many different ways of yeah. doing it. I think people get really confused about uh, what is quote-unquote best. I, I do feel sorry for the... the um a CEO, a C-suite, whatever, who wants to get those improvements and then they're suddenly confronted with a battery of labels from safe, less, dad, scrum at scale, scrum, Kanban. And they just want to go, well, we just want to compete. We want to be faster. <laughs> how do you help? Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the questions are quite simple. The answers may not be. How do we help navigate people through that, that thicket of questions? So my, my favourite line to pull out of interviews and when I start with new clients is I'm the world's worst agile coach because I don't really care about agile um I don't care about any of these frameworks at all um I think they're all really useful tools and I think the fact that they are a tool is what people forget yeah um I get really frustrated with um purported agile coaches and scrum masters who are evangelistic about following a particular framework yeah because that, to me, defeats the whole point of being agile, which is about being flexible, trying yeah, things. Yeah. Um, so I previously tied, I was at PA Consulting and our yeah. work, um, a scaled agile framework expert. So the biggest right. global, like the gold partner in the UK. So okay. The, the yep. best in the UK for doing it. Um, and I would always equate the scaled agile framework to being like an all-you-can-eat international buffet. <laughs> so there's there's a couple of fundamental bits that you need those yeah. are your plate and your fork yeah and then you go and you pick what works for you and like if you if you don't think about what you need you might end up with like a burrito on top of like rice noodles and that could be great or it could be terrible and you've got to go through it and go this is what works for me this is what didn't work for me and you build your own um way of doing it that's ultimately how the spotify model that everyone talks about yeah. came into play is they took the bits that worked from them from different frameworks and created yeah. their own yeah yeah and, and it they fits they told people about it and now everyone thinks it's a framework in its own right <laughs> i think i think henrik nyberg said please don't call it is not a framework it worked for us at that time at that moment yeah. Uh, I don't think he uh, wanted it to be a model. So it's in many ways the coach's job to be a, a sort of a, a navigator through all the possible ways you could do it and then find the ways that are probably going to fit best or do the right experiments. Yeah, I think a good coach has a good network behind them. Oh. Um, so Which you I, do, of um, course, don't we, Erin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But like I've got I've got my UK based network, which yep. is all the people I've previously worked with yeah. or people I've bumped into at events like yourself. Um, but I'm also on this massive discord channel of um, agile coaches globally. And we have a lean coffee every week and someone will pop up with a very specific question in really vague terms. Yeah. And the first thing we'll do is like if you were to pop up, we'd be like, Ian what's the problem here <laughs> and then we give examples of things that we've seen so it's a nice way for us to go well I've not personally had this issue before yeah, that my team yeah. were presenting but I know other people who have and what they have tried so can shall we try this shall yeah. we see if it works and it's, I think it's the stronger your network as an agile coach the mm. better a coach you are because you can mm. draw on everyone else's experiences Oh, I mean, that's not something we've heard from previous, we've heard lots of previous um, thoughts about coaching, but uh, bringing your network with you and being well connected, that's a good tip. So um, 
I'll be checking my LinkedIn connections just to make sure that they're looking especially <laughs> fruitful. Really, like really hoards their experience as a coach and things they've done with teams is just doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the first things we got taught in like as part of like my law seminars was if you've got an idea, yeah. bring it up in a seminar because someone needs to challenge you on it and then you can defend it. Right. And if, if you can't do that and you want to hoard it because you want it for your final exam, there's a chance you've not thought through something properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, an old CEO of mine, he said to me, Ian, when two people agree, and that just tells me somebody's not thinking, which I thought was a bit harsh. I think it was a criticism <laughs> at the time, actually. Um, you mentioned the Discord ser uh, server and, 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 you know, we are in, we are in lockdown um, and we're now working from home more than I've ever done before. It's easier to coach people face-to-face, -face, in my opinion, because I'm very old school. A wall, some cards, a pen, some questions. When you're remote, you don't have all the body language. I mean, you've, you've got a lot of experience, though, of the remote working and the remote facilitation. What's the sort of, you know, help me, help me, help me how, to, how to deal with this new world? I have never ever ever had an entirely co-located team ever really <gasps> never um i i think the closest i had was a team where five of us were in the same office and yeah. i had one guy based yeah. in like central india yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is i have to say the easiest remote working team situation i've ever had yeah. because it was a lot easier to call out one person on the other side of the phone than a team exactly <laughs> exactly but i, I I don't know, I guess because I'm really used to the idea of working with a remote team anyway. Yeah. That the only difference is now I'm not getting up at the crack of dawn to get a, a train to the other side of London. <laughs> Hurrah, yeah, I, I'm liking um, that. But can I just be I'm more... Be a bit more specific. So I can understand the tooling yeah. regarding, you know, planning and, and, and there's some great stuff out there, Miro, Mural and what have you. What about establishing trust in a new team? What's your thoughts about... So you've got a dozen or so people they're all remote mm. they've never met each other and then they've got the project channel whatever it is you go what's your thoughts about and sorry that was possibly a bit of an unheralded difficult question but trust is a no. key team dynamic so funny you should mention that uh -huh. i am on day eight i think it is now of this new company so i've had to do my entire onboarding with a new organization. And that's Automation okay. Logic. We should, should give them a name check. Yeah, the Automation Logic <laughs> is your new, yeah, new employer. So, so I, I, was, I was lucky enough that I was able to go and do the first morning of onboarding in the office so I could get my kit. But right. I got told to come in specifically because this pre-national like lockdown, they had already decided they were going to close the offices. Right, okay. Um, but my first official day was last Monday. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, sort of, I turn around to my other half I'm like I don't really know what I'm going to do on Monday morning other than at 9 o'clock turn on my laptop yeah. <laughs> um, so it's been a really it's been a really fascinating experience for me I think we've um, we've done it quite well from what I've, I've said to a lot of them I'm really surprised how smoothly onboarding has gone considering I've not met anyone yeah maybe like three people in person right um but a lot of what um, they did in advance of me coming was it, my calendar was already full of introduction meetings. Right. Um, so I had loads of like, there was one guy started at the same day as me. So Aman and I can now do each other's introduction blurb. 
because okay. we've heard it so yeah, many yeah, times. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he and I would have a, a meeting with the head of marketing or like uh, a meeting with the the bid team and the client relationship team just to like yep. find out who they are. Yeah. Um, so having those all set up were really good. And then in terms of how how the op- our office manager has been managing everyone's mental health throughout of this oh, that's is a really interesting. good way of doing like remote team stuff. Yeah. So every day we do a daily like it's a it, it's like a minute and a half Google form, and it's just a daily check in. Like of these five emojis, how are you feeling today? Okay. Um, are you working today? Yes. Um, if you were working today, which of these seven scenarios are you? And it's like, I'm working and I have Corona symptoms. I'm working with someone who has Corona symptoms because your partner has, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, or I'm like, I'm feeling ill with something else. So you've got like a scenario of like different things yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Uh, the last page is just before you submit is if you're having issues on any of this stuff, call this person or this person or this person or this person. Right, okay. Um, and what Kate will do, cause she's a mental health first aider is if someone has done something on the survey that's making her feel a little bit concerned about them she'll just drop them a slack message and ask how they're feeling and yeah. what's up and could you do anything um so she's had a lot of people say to her particularly people who live alone that the daytime the nine to five is fine but it's after five o'clock you're feeling really isolated okay yeah, yeah. So we're trying to do loads of online team building stuff so tonight i'm running a pub quiz oh <laughs> my 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 dad <laughs> Ian, you've, you've got to know this about me by now. Like, the more you talk to me, the more random stuff comes out of my background. Like, you go for it. Go for it. <laughs> He's been running pub- my dad's been running pub quizzes since I was 11. Right. Uh, this has been a family business. We've been doing it for years. So I just popped up and went, like, on day two, going, oh, I can run a pub quiz if anyone wants me to do one. <laughs> um, so we're going to have everyone on, Brilliant. on Google Hangouts tonight and everyone get a few beers in. And I've got a whole, a whole like, six rounds of questions and I've got and everything I love that. that or they're doing like lunchtime social sessions or if you're free and fancy you drop in and it's the most chaotic zoom call you've ever seen and, yeah yeah and it's just anything that keeps the human connection going while you're you're remote um, I, th- I think that's I think a, we're really lucky that's a really that important thing voice. because I think we we can quite simply forget that things haven't really changed people need contact People need to be assured that they're in a good place. People need to know, well, how are my guys and that they're focused on stuff. And sometimes I'm wondering if we're actually doing that properly, even when we're co-located. The fact that someone's gone to the time to sort of plan out, tell me, give me this feedback loop. And mm. then in these conditions, I will come back to you. And then regardless of that, we will have some of the social stuff as well as the work stuff. I think that's really uh, good. I think it's easy to sort of be overwhelmed by oh it's remote and everything's got to be done like this and we haven't got the right tools you think no no no, you just got to plan and be thoughtful and considerate could go a long mm. way so i think uh, that may be something uh, we should just take away some of the the fear of the tools and just say well just keep it simple ring them up the see how they are. Tool, i think we're we're really lucky that we've got so many different things that we yeah. can use and experiment yeah. with um and there's loads of stuff i've seen there's one called sococo which oh, is yeah. this little diagram that's got an office layout and you can build it to look like your actual office layout Is that right? and you put your little avatar where you are that day and then like if you put it in the kitchen breakout space and somebody else logs on and sees you're in there you hop in and you have like a digital coffee together like people are coming up with all of these really random tools to help with remote working and what's that will, will you send me the link and i'll when we we put the podcast i'll put the link to what's the name of the, 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 the tool it's, again i think it's i think it's pronounced so coco so coco um 
I don't know that this this came from my my global Discord group where somebody went. Let's see what this is. <laughs> Marvellous. Well, if you give me the link, I will put it in when we we pass this out. We'll put the link in so people can check out some cocoa. I suspect mine will just have lots of wine glasses at different parts of the uh, building, uh, and I just have to navigate where where I will be, uh, except for when I'm doing um, homeschooling with my my son. Uh, actually, not this week. He's not doing it homeschooling, but uh, I was okay with the Macbeth. I was okay with the business studies, but the quadratic equations, I ducked that pretty quickly. I have to say. Well, you know, the internet has come to your rescue there. There's so many math classes online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't even have to go through the Macbeth. The Globe is doing a free Shakespeare every week. Oh, no. No no no. no, 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 don't tell them that. I liked the distraction to talk about <laughs> Macbeth. <laughs> so um, on, your, on your journey, I mean, you talked about Discord and, and your, your network. Do you think there's anybody that really strikes, uh, comes to mind, you think, who really helped you, a mentor or maybe one of the great, you know, ex-writers that, that, that have been in the, the Agile canon? Is anybody who sort of sticks out in your mind and think, yeah, they really helped me understand this Agile world? <laughs> so when I first um, stumbled into, into Agile, it was um, when I was at John Lewis, I think there's a couple of um, iterations of an Agile transformation. Uh-huh. And I think it was... Um, we had a guy called Dan North come in. Oh, I know, as, yeah. You know Dan? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Dan is a is a character. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved working with someone who was just as randomly odd as I was. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> Dan, please don't sue us. <laughs> it was great. He knows that I like a factoid. So every day that he came into the office, he'd come up with another random fact about London for me. I'm like, great. I can get on, I can get on with this guy. Um so Dan first introduced me to the idea of, um, particularly like he had us doing all the Kanbaning on the wall. Um, I still do this. I still got post-it notes on I all of the walls behind me. Um, so then I, that was Dan introduced me to it. And then I got some more formalized agile coaching training from um, Liz Kyo, who yeah, I know is Liz. amazing when it comes to all things BDD and, yeah, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So I was really lucky that I got to, like, particularly those two, really well-respected coaches who introduced me to Agile. Yeah. And then after yeah. that, I was just surrounding myself with some really cool people with some really cool thoughts. Well, Dan North and, and Liz, certainly the BDD, researching BDD is definitely well worth uh, looking at. I know some big fans of that that technique. Um, so, look, it's it's come up to 11s is time. So normally I say, well, it must be time for wine o'clock. But now I think it's, uh, it's possibly, for me, fruitcake and a strong cup of tea. Um, but you know, thank you so much, Erin. I'm really generous of you to give us some time. I hope everything goes brilliantly well at Automation Logic. Um, and look forward to our next event. Uh, and I'm probably, I think you and I might be called into our own, a different podcast. I've got a feeling Nancy's looking for, uh, for people to talk to. Oh, yeah, I've got one with Nancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She'll <laughs> talk to anyone, podcast. of course. <laughs> So uh, anyway, well, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Erin. If you'd like to work with Erin or any more of our uh, wonderful coaches, please go to our website at www.agilitybynature.com um, or you can contact us by LinkedIn or phone me on 07803-593-733. Erin, thank you so much and speak Absolutely. to you very soon. <laughs> thank you.